Welcome to the Think Orange podcast, where we want to encourage and equip leaders like you who are investing in the faith and future of the next generation. I'm your host, Shane Sanchez, and in this episode of the podcast, we're going to talk about how to build a messaging strategy and how Orange Curriculum can help. I'm so excited for you to hear first from Reggie Joyner about building a scope and cycle, and then our Orange Curriculum directors, Brittany Robertson, Dan Scott, Ashley Bohens, and Leslie Mack, are going to break down the new 2022-2023 scope and cycles. And here's what we know is true. You're listening to this podcast because you believe in what you do as a ministry leader. You know that every early morning, late night, and meeting that could have been an email is so worth it. And when you believe in what you do this much, you do everything you can to make it better. You know that the mission is too important not to try something new. And that's why we created the Redesign Your Ministry to Last course from Orange Masterclass. Join Reggie Joyner as he unpacks the five essential values for your ministry that will last far beyond a person, a model, or yes, even a pandemic, and innovative strategies to help you elevate them in your ministry. Start working on your ministry, not just in your ministry, today by going to orangemasterclass.com. We believe the work you do on the front lines with kids and teenagers is the most important work in the world. Every meeting with a small group leader, email to parents, and late night supply run matters because you're helping kids and teenagers develop an everyday faith. On average, you have about 40 hours this year to influence the faith of kids and teenagers who come to your programming. That means you need to be intentional about your messaging strategy. Orange Curriculum is a comprehensive strategy for birth to high school. Each age group curriculum not only provides you with strategic messages to engage kids and students with biblical truths, but also resources to help you train volunteers and partner with parents. So start using Orange Curriculum to spend less time planning your message and more time doing what only you can do, building relationships. You can get started today at tryorangefree.com. That's tryorangefree.com. We can't wait for you to get to learn from them. So let's dive into this conversation. So if I were to ask you what you ate for lunch today, and you happen to be a, a meat eater, you would say, well, I either ate, in my terms, cow, pig, or chicken, right? Now, again, if I were to ask you tomorrow what you ate for lunch, chances are you would give one of the same answers. You ate either cow, pig, or chicken. Because most people every day who eat meat, right, they eat one of those three kinds of meat. The point is, if I were to ask you five years from now what you ate for lunch, the answer would probably be the same. It would be one of those three things. And the interesting thing is nobody is complaining. Nobody is saying, oh no, I gotta eat cow again. No, I gotta eat pig again. No, chicken again. You know why they're not complaining? Here's why. Because sometimes you eat it with the right kind of sauce. Sometimes it's fried. Sometimes it has pasta on the side. It's not the fact that you're eating the same thing over and over again. It's the fact that it's presented and packaged a different way that keeps it interesting. You see, the problem isn't when we come to core things, repeating those core things over and over and over again. The problem is we have to learn as leaders how to package them and present them in ways that keep them interesting. So when we talk about refining your message, we have a statement we'd love to make. You refine the message to say it again and again. Part of the skill or the strategy 
of making sure that you are teaching a generation with an end in mind has to do with coming back to those same things over and over and over again. Actually, three things, right? Their relationship with God, their relationship with themselves, their relationship with others. You're gonna constantly be turning the wonder dial, constantly turning the discovery dial, and constantly turning the passion dial. There, there are actually some theological truths under each one of these that you might unpack that are nuances that kind of emphasize a relationship with God. The fact that God, the creator, designed you in his image. The fact that Jesus wants you to follow him to discover who you are and the Holy Spirit is transforming you. There's these these ideas under passion that Jesus gave his life, and if he's in us, then we're giving our lives to the people around us. I mean, we can get to all those theological rocks. We actually think there's about nine, but what I want you to understand for just a second is we're gonna keep coming back to these things over and over and over again. Why? Because love is what Jesus said we should maximize. And somewhere in the context of this, every story, every principle, again, everything you're teaching comes back to these issues. So we're recycling what is most important, and that's the way we hand off to a generation what it means to understand that God cares about them, God loves them, and they have worth. We call that not a scope and sequence like you would hear maybe in the educational world. We actually call it a scope and cycle because we're thinking in terms of two issues. If you go to this particular definition, this will help explain it. A scope asks the question, what are your teaching priorities? Again, it assumes you're thinking about the end in mind. It assumes that you've made a list of the things that are the most important. It goes back to our three issues and goes, how do we put those rocks in place and make sure that kids understand that these truths and these things? A cycle asks the question, when are you going to recycle your priorities? In other words, where on the calendar are you going to talk about relationships? Where on the calendar are you going to talk about decision-making? Where on the calendar are you gonna specifically talk about what it looks like to have Jesus show up in your everyday world when you feel alone? I mean, there, there are strategic moments in time in the rhythm of a calendar that that makes sense. But the important reason for thinking in terms of a scope and cycle and not a scope and sequence is sometimes we make the mistake as Christians and leaders of thinking that spiritual growth is linear. That it goes from this point and we understand that point, therefore we build this point, then we build this point, but we know that's not true. I mean, you didn't grow that way, right? None of us grew spiritually in the context of linear. We grew sort of like this, and I don't know about you, but this was definitely my story. I mean, I understood this, and maybe I went up, but then I came down, then I went up, and then I came down, and maybe I went back around. And so there's this idea, right, that growth is not as linear as we think it is, and we're gonna recycle these concepts and truths at every phase, because at every phase, we're gonna understand it more and more, and we'll come back to that in a second. But for now, I want you to understand that's what a scope and cycle is. And when you really start thinking in terms of recycling truth, it makes a big difference. Because when you recycle what matters most, you say it louder everywhere. I mean, when you hand your volunteers and your parents and your staff and your communicators and your worship leaders and those who are leading in the small group spaces, what the big core truths are, what the big rocks are, and they understand what you're trying to say over and over and over again, they get programmed to say them too. And when you're all saying the same thing at the same time in the same moment because it's in the cycle and this is what you're talking about, the noise gets louder and the attention gets greater and the impact is more. Basically, when you identify the essential need to know life-changing core concepts that you want a kid to walk away believing, 
then you make sure, right, that when you print something, when you post something, when you send something, when you sing something, when you communicate something, you're all saying the same thing. Because the beauty of recycling is it gives everybody an opportunity to know what matters most and to say what matters most. And here's the second thing. When you recycle, what's most important? Core truths will take on fresh meaning at every phase. I mean, let's go over here for just a second. You see, the idea is that your scope prioritizes what you teach. And your cycle strategically reinforces those ideas over and over and over again. And every phase is a new opportunity to solidify something that they need to know. For example, let's, let's just pretend we're talking for a minute about hope. I mean, what a preschooler needs to understand about hope is very different than what a kid needs to understand about hope. And I promise you, when we get to middle school and high school, what they need to understand about hope is even more complicated because at every phase, there's a new crisis. And these truths have the potential to intersect at every phase in the right way so that a kid can move through your experience in your church and move through their life. And by the time they get to the end, they can be solidified. That's why I don't want you to be confused by leaders who say, you need to go deeper because deeper has less to do with more scripture, deeper has less to do with how much content, and deeper has much more to do with making sure that you're taking the same principle and revisiting it at every phase of a kid's life. So what you're doing is you're helping a kid or a teenager master or truly understand a concept that will affect their lives. I mean, if we think in terms of the way we parent or the way we raise a kid, can you imagine a kindergartner teacher saying, you know what, I'm so tired of teaching the alphabet, I think I'm gonna jump straight to Shakespeare. Or can you imagine a father with a three-year-old toddler pitching a plastic wiffle ball and then saying, you know, I'm so tired of this, I'm gonna throw a hard ball. I mean, again, we don't do that, why? Because we understand their phase and we understand they need to master this at this moment with this concept, and guess what? Later on, they'll still be swinging a bat, later on, there'll still be, still be a ball moving through the air, but they have a different skill and a different level because they've been practicing it and understanding it at each new phase. And be very careful because as adults or as volunteers or as leaders, you may get tired of seeing the same movie that kids like to watch over and over again, or you may get tired of listening to the same song that kids like to listen to over and over again. But what's happening is again, they're revisiting it, they're making sure they understand it, they're experiencing it in a way that solidifies. So here's another way you refine your message. You refine your message when you say less for more impact. Again, I think this is counterintuitive because I think we wanna show up in our spaces loaded with information and loaded with content. What we don't realize is that sometimes information has a canceling effect. You watch three 30 second commercials, chances are you'll forget the first two because each one cancels each other out. And somewhere along the way, we've decided that if we're not careful, we can load up a kid with all kinds of different pieces of information, and instead of helping them understand something, we actually confuse them. For example, I could explain to you the story of Joseph by simply using alliteration, because I grew up in a denomination where the preachers used a lot of alliteration. I could explain to you there was Joseph, you know, in the pit, there was Joseph in Potiphar's house, there was Joseph in prison, there was Joseph in Pharaoh's dream, there was Joseph in power, and now you understand the entire story of Joseph. Or instead, 
I could go deeper because it's not more information that makes it deeper. It's making sure that we understand the concept. And I could jump right to the idea that Joseph had conflict with his brothers and what happened when Joseph actually forgave his brothers and the power of that idea and what does it look like to forgive. You see, that would be something I can carry with me through every single phase of life. And the more I understand the power of forgiveness, the more it sets me up to win in adulthood and win in my future. Because when I understand that I've been forgiven by a God who loves me unconditionally, it sets me up to forgive others. So that's why I think it's important every week to say one thing at a time. And that one thing is connected to everything you want them to know that month and everything you want them to know that year and everything you want them to know before they walk away. And you keep recycling it over and over and over again. But we learn one thing at a time. So what does it look like to say less for more impact? And what does it look like to simply say it every day. Now, that's a challenge, right? I mean, you don't want your kids or teenagers to have a Sunday kind of faith. You want them to have an everyday faith. You wanna make sure that what you talk about actually shows up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, throughout their week, because somewhere in the context of their life, if this isn't an everyday faith, then it's not gonna last. And that's why you're redesigning your ministry, because you wanna build a ministry that lasts and you wanna hand them a faith that has much more staying power. Now, I know what you're saying. I'm not with them every day. I'm only with them for a few hours you know, a week. As a matter of fact, I'm only with them for 30 or 40 hours a year. You've already made that point. So how am I gonna help them have an everyday faith? Well, that's the beauty of our culture and the beauty of technology. That's something you have that leaders before you never have. You have this opportunity to leverage technology to make sure you reinforce what it looks like for them to have an everyday faith. And you take this idea that you're recycling over and over and over again, and you figure out how to help it show up in their home and help it show up in their personal life and help it show up on their phone and help it show up where they show up in life. We actually hope you'll make a few decisions. We hope that in the context of refining your message, you'll simply decide if everyday faith matters that you'll help the kids and teenagers around you develop spiritual habits. We think that there are three or four things that a kid needs to do to engage with God every day to have the answer to the question that we talked about earlier, which is how did I see God today? We actually call them faith skills. There are four faith skills. And if you were to leverage those faith skills around your major idea every week, it would help you keep kids engaged in a relationship with God as they think about the core truth that you want them to understand. When we say faith skills and we talk about faith skills, we talk about what it looks like to hear God speak or to listen to God's spirit. We talk about what it looks like to talk with each other and have conversations because again, we think that helps solidify faith. We love to talk about what it looks like to pray and have a conversation and a dialogue with God, or better yet, to live out with others around you in a sense that we're worshiping God by the way we serve each other. We're redefining what we talk about on Sunday in the context of their spiritual habits every week, so we're bringing it back to life. Here's another thing we hope you'll do. We hope you will actually diversify the message. In other words, we're living in a culture where the neighborhood is changing and there are gonna be people who show up in your church and listen to those who are communicating and those who are presenting. And we think you have to be intentional about making sure that different people who show up see themselves. As a matter of fact, we have this motto that we learned from a great leader that goes like this. If I don't see me, it's not for me. 
And kids and teenagers need to see people like them presenting truth so they can identify with what's being said. And there's another side to that same coin. Not only if I don't see me, it's not for me. If I don't see someone who is different than me, then God isn't really as big as he is. Because when I see people who don't look like me process faith and talk about God, and I begin to experience faith from another point of view, my view of God expands. We decided a few years ago when we create messages and we put communicators in front of an audience that we wanted the kids in the audience to see a variety of diverse communicators and leaders on the stage or on the videos. For example, if they don't see Hispanic or Asian or black or white people, maybe God is contextualized in such a small, narrow way, they never see the vastness of who God is. The reason this is important is because there's a tendency for us to create a version of what we're trying to communicate where African-American people are speaking to African-American people or a version of what we're communicating where white people are communicating with white people. And the problem with that is we never see God through another culture or through another experience. But when we decided, let's just expand the diversity on the platform, it began to create a different kind of energy. I remember sitting in a church in Wrightsville, Georgia, where I volunteer in a preschool space, surrounded by young white preschoolers, watching Hispanic and African-American and white leaders step up and speak and energize these kids around who God was. And my thought was, I wonder if they've ever even heard faith expressed from someone who doesn't look like them. And the same is true for every culture. We need to see a multi-ethnic variety and prism of different people speaking about God and faith because it helps God get bigger in the life of a kid. So diversify the message. And by the way, don't get lazy. Don't simply resort back to using the same communicators. I, I want to say one more thing here just because I'm thinking about it right now. There's a sense in which you look at the landscape of communicators in our country that talk about theology and talk about truth and they get elevated and celebrated. Well, if you're a youth pastor, the reason this is so important is because you have a platform where you develop communicators and you develop talent. And if you start now making sure that different voices and different kinds of people step onto that platform, you develop their leadership and you develop their communication style and you fast forward five or 10 years, then what you've done is you've given a great gift to culture of an entire generation of communicators that look very different, that talk about the issues that matter and what matters most. And here's another thing. Make sure you connect everyday faith to everyday character. I think that faith shapes character, and I think character is a reflection of faith. I also believe that it's very important that when we go back to the New Testament, Jesus stood up in front of a crowd one day, and he said, let your light so shine in front of the people around you that they will see your good works and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. So there's a relationship between faith and character. And I also believe when Jesus made that statement that day to the crowd, he wasn't just talking to people who had been transformed or who had been born again or who had simply decided they were Christians or who necessarily were following Jesus. He was speaking to humanity. He was speaking to a group of people, and don't miss this, who were made in the image of God. 
You can tell by his words that he believed in their potential to reflect the goodness of God to those who are watching them so that God ultimately would get the credit. But the issue is God designed them to reflect who he was to a generation. Before there was ever redemption, before there was transformation of the Holy Spirit, you add in the transformation of the Holy Spirit, we'll get to that in a second, that puts this on steroids. But for the moment, I just want you to believe that the average human being, because they're created in the image of God, has the potential, right? to grow, to improve, to learn, to discover, to change. Because if we would simply believe that people had the potential to change, it would infuse something into the culture and communities around us to suggest the idea that we believed in them. Now again, this is important. Here's why it's important. I remember a magazine a few years ago who actually wrote an article about a piece of research they did where they asked parents, in their churches who were using their content to answer this question, these two questions. Would you rather us teach your children about God or would you rather us teach your children about character? Now, again, given the question, what parent is not gonna say if they're in the church and they're Christian parents, well, of course, I I want you to teach my children about God. The problem is the question is wrong. Why wouldn't we teach them about both? And now we're back to the great commandment, right? Now we're back to the idea of loving God and loving others. Now we're back to this notion that when you love God, it changes the way you treat the people around you. The reason this is critical is because parents who don't come to your church, and we're coming to that later, they're not as concerned about faith as they are about making sure their kids grow up with the right kind of character and they want to understand how faith intersects with the future of a kid. So, as churches, we're always doing two things. As people who have a timeless message, we're always appealing to two particular things. We're appealing to the image of God that exists in every person, and you know what else? We're appealing to the spirit of Christ that is in the person who has followed Jesus and who's being transformed by the power of Christ. We're appealing to both at the same time. The beauty is when you go look and check out the New Testament, the Bible actually suggests that that's the work the Holy Spirit is doing in you and me, that the Holy Spirit is nudging us toward love, joy, peace, endurance, gentleness, goodness, faith, humility, self-control. I mean, think about that. The Holy Spirit is trying to do what? He's trying to conform me back to the image of God, like we've already been talking about. Somewhere in the context of this, This is so powerful because when the people around your church and the people inside your church understand that faith shapes character and character reflects faith, it's a game changer. Somewhere along the way, we've got to make sure that we connect everyday faith to everyday character. And one more thing, you have to lead your messaging strategy. The reason I say that is because someone has to keep this in front of everybody all the time. Someone has to take responsibility to make sure that you're refining your message, you're constantly evaluating, and you're making what matters most matter. And I say it because I wanna say something else that's gonna seem self-serving. I want you to lead your messaging strategy. (laughs) I don't want you to write your own curriculum. Not because we wanna sell you curriculum, trust me, I would rather you buy someone else's curriculum and have a baseline 
and make sure you edit it, you evaluate it, you improve it, you tweak it, but don't spend your time originating content because you're gonna be too busy leading the strategy. It would be better for you to buy anyone's curriculum that at least you feel solid about and make sure that you're leveraging that so that you're not spending your energy with this and you're spending your energy with this. I mean, you may be great at writing curriculum. It's just, as the leader, you gotta do more than that. And no one person can actually write a curriculum for multiple phases or for a kid's life and represent everybody that's involved. It would be better if you served your church by doing something more important. Follow me. You've got to take this idea of refining the message and you've got to build trust with everyone in your organization because you want to make sure you filter everything through that idea. You're going to be busy enough getting the leaders, your senior pastors, your elders, your deacons, all the decision makers in your church buying into what matters most. And you know what? You're going to want parents to be able to reinforce what matters most in their home by giving them resources. And you're going to want your small group leaders. You've got to manage that process. You've got to get all your small group leaders on the same page when it comes to your message and your neighbors and your community and the people around you. You know what they need to understand? They need to understand for God so loved the world and that world included them and that you're for them. And so your, your strategy to serve the community is a part of this message as well. Because what's at stake is the simple idea of trust. Because when your message is consistent, when you take what is timeless and you hand it off to a generation, when you will not be moved from what matters most, it keeps your organization moving in a direction where you set up a kid and a teenager to have a faith that lasts a lifetime. Thanks so much, Reggie. We all want kids and teenagers to have a faith that lasts a lifetime, and that influences how we create here at Orange, especially our curriculum. Now, our curriculum directors will break down the new 2022-2023 scope and cycles. Go ahead and check this out. Hey guys, we're here at the Orange Curriculum Hub and I'm gonna give you a little bit of a behind the scenes tour. Now, typically when we talk about curriculum, we talk about the what. What is the theme? What is the bottom line? What is the Bible story? But today, we're gonna to focus on the why. Now, you're still gonna get the what. You can just get that by going to thinkorange.com slash plan. But today, we're gonna to focus on the why. Why do we plan ahead as far as we do? Why do we have a strategy? And why do we think it's important for you to know what direction the curriculum is going in? So come on, let's go. Come on, this is awesome. This is the Think Orange. I call it the curriculum uh, hub or the curriculum bunker. This is where it all happens. This is a really creative space. And we're gonna go and start introducing you to some people who actually put the curriculum together. So check this out. Our first stop in the preschool area. And let's see. Oh my gosh, Brittany, you're in here. Thank Hi. you so much for having us today. What a coincidence that Brittany just Hi happened guys. to be here. How are you today? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Now, we're doing a little bit of a tour and showing people why the, the, we do what we do, right? Yeah. So I wanna start by asking you, why is preschool, why is that the most important phase? Well, it's probably why you came here first, right? Yes, so, uh, plus you have Play-Doh, so. Well, have fun, yeah. We have a great office, lots of fun in here, but we know that preschool is such an important, maybe the most important phase to yep. lay the foundation for preschoolers 
in their understanding of who God is, okay. who Jesus is, and um, and how that will shape their understanding, their knowledge, and their life. Yeah, but but these kids are so small and so little, right? I mean, you've got you've got little. I do. What mine is almost two years old, so well, it's a lot of fun. You look fantastic and well rested for somebody with a two year old. <laughs> um, but what, why is it important that you even need a scope or a cycle at that phase when they're so young? Actually, it's super important. So you know, we're teaching our littlest ones um, important concepts like shapes and colors and um, foundational pieces that will help you grow when you're teaching them math later in life. Um, and reading and spelling and their alphabet. So all those pieces, it's the same. We want to start preschoolers um, at the beginning and help them understand that God made them and then help them to grow into that God loves them no matter what yeah. and then be able to teach them who Jesus is and that Jesus wants to be their friend forever. So by having a scope and cycle, yeah. you know where to start and you know where you want to help the preschoolers get to. Again, just as they're growing in their vocabulary and their understanding, we need to be able to build on each yeah. uh, block, each piece. And then again, when they move over to the elementary wing, that that grows even more with yeah. them. Yeah. Well, just surreptitiously, I noticed that you have a scope and cycle right here. Can you, you come and it? walk us through a little bit? Yes. And, and what I really want to know is, you know, there's a lot of stuff happening here, but what are you most excited about when it comes to all of this? Okay, if I have to choose just one, maybe yeah. three. Okay, I would say I'm most excited that we're going to start in August and teach preschoolers that God made me. Not just that God made me, but that God made me wonderful. Mm. Um, because He did. He made each and every preschooler um, unique and wonderful. And we want them to know that God made their head, shoulders, knees, and toes, but also that He made their hair and He wanted it to be just so. And He made their eyes and um, and if they're shorter, if they're yeah. taller, that God made them and that that is wonderful. And just that foundational piece to grow with them um, and to know okay. that God had a purpose for making them. Um, which is like, with then I would say you scroll into, I love Christmas with preschoolers because it is their first introduction to who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, and that he is special, he is God's son, and just the magic of Christmas with preschoolers. Um, again, for many of them, it is their first time celebrating and understanding yeah. what preschool Christmas is all about. So I love that one. Who doesn't love Christmas? Right. Merry Christmas. Okay, so, so three you said. Yeah, I got one more. I got to throw in one more. And that's when we um, move into March and I can love like Jesus. Because preschoolers need to know, um, as they're learning what Jesus did with his life here on earth, that he um, showed them how to love everyone. And that our preschoolers, no matter how small, um, how young they are, that they can do great big things and that they can go out and love others just yeah. the way Jesus loves them. And so they can do that on the playground, uh, with their new friends, in the backyard, with their siblings. Yeah. Um, down the street with their neighbors. And uh, it's a great way to help preschoolers know that they can go out and live out their preschool faith and love others like Jesus. Yeah, I love that. So there is so much happening with all of this. What is, if, if you have to just pick it down to one thing, what are you hoping that preschoolers take away or what are you hoping they experience from all of this? Okay, so from start to finish, I hope that preschoolers um, fully understand three things. There are three basic truths that God made me God loves me, and that Jesus wants to be our friend forever. And to me, that is a win, um, and that would change the world around us. Brittany, so. you are crushing it. All right. Thank you so much thanks. for all of this. And I'm going to be praying for you Great. that you get some sleep and all, all that right. sort of stuff All right. Well, thanks well. a bunch. Have fun over there. See ya. I'm going over now to Dan Scott. Now, Dan is our Director of Elementary Strategy, and he's a really smart guy as well. So we're going to go over here and have a look at what they're doing. Have a look at all this candy. There's so much candy. 
in this little spot. There's even more candy in here. Dan Scott. Hey, You happen to going? be here. I'm so glad that you are here today. What a coincidence. Hey, what who a coincidence. Would have, who would have thought during this behind the scenes filming that you would be in here? Hey, we just finished talking to Brittany about this, but I want to ask yes, you, why she's do great. you think that the, the elementary phase is the yeah. most important? Oh, I mean, it is the most important. Like, let, let's be let's be straight up honest, like to begin with. Okay, uh, a couple of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's like the longest phase of a kid's life where they are in the same, you know, area of your ministry, yeah. like, and they're cognitively aware of that. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. six years is a really long time. And there's actually like two mini phases in that that time. So you have like younger elementary; they're still yeah. enamored by wonder and they need something a lot more foundational yeah. with how we, we teach them, you know, the Bible. Yeah. And then preteens, they're like discovering and asking questions and really pushing at those foundations. And yeah. so that's why we actually, our scope and cycle, which is what we're talking yep. about today, yep. um, is three years. Cause then they get every story twice. They get it foundationally okay. and then they get it through a way that they can like push at it. So, so with so much time to spend with with this age group, yeah. how do you even decide what goes into something like this? What, uh, how man, does that process that's, work? That's a great question. We pop over here. Um, we actually have one of our creative boards uh, as we're planning out the 22-23 school year. This is kind of yep. where we're looking. But we have boards like this all over Orange. And we basically, one time, we put every single Bible story we'd ever want to tell anyone yeah. onto a board and then started gathering them, making connections, seeing how the, the story of God was, yeah. was influencing these different ideas. And then we put them together in different topics. And that's, that's where we get um, something like this. Well, this is, there's a lot here. There's looks, a lot here, It yeah. looks fantastic. What are you most excited about uh, with Thank all you. of this stuff? You know, uh, I, I just said, you know, we have a three year scope and cycle. Yep. This is actually year one of that, of okay. that, of the three years. So, okay. um, and it's the year that we go through the Bible from Genesis through Revelation yep. and really uh, see how all of these different ideas, all the different stories, the Psalms, everything, you know, is God's epic love story throughout time, you know, made real through Jesus. Yeah, and, yeah. And really, you know, helping kids get that. So we're excited. This is gonna be a really great fun year. That's awesome. So so we know in the modern world that families are coming less and less to church. Like that's what the data is telling us. So what are you hoping that a a kid or or a preteen takes away from this, whether or not they're at church 20 times a year sure. or even just two times a sure. year? Sure. Well, you know, every one of these, you know, monthly lessons has one big idea that, you know, we want to get at. Yep. But we also have basic truths that okay. get recycled throughout the entire school year. And I would say those are probably what I would love for kids and preteens to walk away knowing. And so the first one is, I need to make the wise choice, which okay. let's be honest, well, we all do. That's not just for elementary, it's yeah. for middle-aged men as <laughs> yeah, well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I should treat others the way I want to be treated. So yep. Jesus, you know, his message there. Another good and one. And then last but not least, um, I can trust God no matter what, yeah. you know, life, outside in the world is crazy and we want kids yeah. to know that they can trust God no matter what their week looks like away from church. Again, so. seems like there are three great things for adults as well as kids, Dan. As always, killing it. Good Thank you so much you. for your time. I'll let you get back to your little fake setup work here. <laughs> yeah, Appreciate awesome. you, Dan. Thanks. Dan is probably the most well-dressed man I've ever met in my life. We are now <laughs> gonna go over to middle school and we're gonna talk to Ashley Bohens about what she's got going on 
at this season as well. Ashley, are you in? Hey, oh my Brent. gosh, you're in. I'm so glad that you're in today. Thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. It's good to see you as per always. Hey, Ashley, I've been asking everybody uh, in every department so far, why is middle school, uh, why is that middle school phase the most important phase? Oh or is it even the most important phase? Dave, let's talk all things middle school. I love this question. Okay. So it's obvious that there's a lot of change happening in the middle school phase. Okay. Um, physically, I mean, yep. we can see them changing from like a kid to an adult. Yeah. But there's also a lot of change happening that we cannot see. Um, and talking specifically mentally, what's happening in their brains, there's actually like a complete rewiring that's happening in the middle school phase, thanks to a nice thing called puberty. Uh, literally, their brain is rewiring. There's actually so much change in the brain of a middle schooler. There's no other time of life except the toddler years that the brain is changing this much. Wow. And one of the biggest changes is the shift from thinking concretely to thinking abstractly, taking what's right in front of them and being able to apply it to a situation that's not necessarily what's right in front of them. Um, and with the ability to think abstractly, you're able to doubt in a different way. You're able to process oh, wow. doubt in a different way. You're able to become more self-aware. You're able to see from another person's perspective. Yeah. And hello, what an opportunity that is to influence the faith of a kid because I mean, there, there is a lot of, I mean, we can help literally form the inner narrative that they're gonna tell themselves for the rest of their life. Yeah, wow, you just explained a little bit of a parenting season I went through <laughs> when my three daughters went through middle school. But I also think there's another time when our change, our mind changes that much. I think that's in middle life, midlife. It starts <laughs> to change a little bit then as well. Hey, uh, I see you've just conveniently got this board up here, which is awesome because this is actually what I wanted to talk to you about a little bit extra. Um, what is the thing that you're most excited about when it comes to this scope uh, uh, for the next couple of okay. months? I would say our annual focus. Now, the annual focus okay. is basically the one thing that we're gonna keep coming back to for this entire year of content. You're gonna see it in our messages, in our daily devotionals, in our small group conversations. Um, and our annual focus is asking middle and high schoolers the question, where did you see God today? Because yeah. we all, want this generation of middle and high schoolers to have an everyday faith, a, a faith that they see God in their everyday life. It goes with them everywhere into everything. So wow. we're continually gonna be asking, where did you see God today? And sometimes that question's really easy to answer. It's like when things are going great. Yeah. Other times it's hard to see where God is because life is chaotic or you see injustice or brokenness or sadness, but we all know that God's always there and yeah, God's yeah. always working. So we're asking teenagers, where did you see God yeah. in your friends today? Where did you see God in your family today? Yeah. And so we're kicking the year off with a, a series on the fruit of the spirit. Okay. Um, so if I was gonna break that down for a middle schooler, I might say, hey, where do you see joy today? Where do you see love today? Because the Holy Spirit is transforming us into the character of Jesus, and that's how we can see God working in our everyday life. Wow, I think that's a question that, wouldn't it wouldn't be awesome if adults were asking that question. We all should be, right? We all should be. It's been good. Ash, why is it so important that a middle schooler experiences that throughout this scope? Why, why is that the thing you want Ooh. them to take away? Well, I mean, we've been talking a lot around here about how if we want teenagers to walk away when they graduate high school one day, yeah. if we want them to walk away with a faith of their own, an authentic faith, an everyday faith, yeah. then we need to help them have an everyday faith while they're with us. Yeah. Which means how do they develop an everyday faith when they're outside of the walls of our church or outside of their small group time or away from their family? And so we're trying to empower middle school and high school students 
all year long to look for God in their everyday world and yeah. engage with God, like have a, a changing, growing faith, mm. a faith that influences and transforms the way that you love God, love yourself and love the world around you. Absolutely love that, Ash, as always. You are killing Boom. it as well. I'm gonna leave you to it because I know you got a lot of fake work to do as part of this shoot. Um, looking very casual too. Uh, Thank you. Are, are they sweatpants or something? I can't even tell. Swoverals, uh, thank you we, very much. Uh, we're gonna go into the high school department now. We're gonna talk to Leslie if she's in here. Let's see, Leslie. Oh, so conveniently, oh, just happened to be in you. here. I'm so glad that you're with us hello. today. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How that are is you? awesome. So we're talking to all the departments and we're, we're yeah. you know, having a word with each one of them. One of the main questions or the first questions we're asking is, okay. why is high school the most important phase? That is a huge question and right. I could literally talk about it all day. So you're probably gonna have to stop me, but I'm, I'm gonna start That's here. Fine. Yeah, let's just talk about it. Why is high school the most important phase? I think one, because high schoolers influence culture. I think we all can kind of look around and sense that and, and tell that there's this energy that's happening. There's this yeah. ideation that's happening. There's this creation and co-creation with everything um, around them. They're collaborators, yeah. they're producers, and, and really they're philosophers, right? The philosophers yeah. are who influence culture, right? Okay. I think I would ask um, anybody, if you could name pop stars like who's the Billie Eilish of like 300 BCE well I feel like we have to google that now. exactly okay but okay but can you name a philosopher from like back in the day Socrates see see philosophers influence culture and I just so believe that about high schoolers just the way that they are processing the world that is awesome first of all if you're watching along if you type in an answer in the chat who is the Billie Eilish of 300 BC we're going to give you a prize yes. I don't know what it is but I want to see what your answer might That's be awesome. hey so so if they're so you know they're, they're, they're on the cutting edge of they're setting trends they're yeah. on the cutting edge of culture mm -hmm. What does a youth pastor or what does a student pastor need to do to funnel that influence yes. so that that high school student ends up on the other side of it with faith intact? Yeah, that is that is a huge word. This idea of funneling or harnessing or, or helping them process. I think yeah. it all comes down to creating engaging experiences and environments where they can have the relationships with trusted adults, okay. where they can do this philosophizing together, where they can yeah. ask these questions, break down concepts, just, um, just have these trusted um, relationships yeah. where they get to do the work of figuring it all out. Right, so they yeah. should be focusing on those, setting up those relationships, those yes. environments where those relationships yes, can grow. 100%. And I guess that's a big part of why at Orange, we come up with a scope and strategy and yep. our curriculums yep. to give youth pastors and student pastors the margin to really pour that time into Absolutely. those relationships, right? Yeah, for sure. So so you've got yours here again, very convenient. Very convenient, um, on the easel convenient. and everything. <laughs> so so <laughs> of all of this, yes. what are you most excited about? Uh, What's the one thing? Uh-uh, the one thing, yeah. one thing. One Do thing. you see this whole poster? One yeah. th okay, one thing. You mean, so I can't tell you about like this series about faith and science or this 11 week series <laughs> that ends with a really big party. I have to just pick one? Just pick one, okay, don't tell okay. us about those two other ones. Okay, okay, well, if I just had to pick one, I would pick the one collection of talks. Oh, <laughs> um, they're all about just elevating conversations and how Jesus changes everything when you look at these different topics that are happening in culture. So yeah. in the past, we've done topics like vaping, we've done racial tension, we've done yeah. words and like how you even have conversations about challenging things like yeah. politics or environmental issues, all of that. Well, this year, our culture topics are gonna be bullying. We're gonna yeah. talk about that. We're gonna talk about anxiety. It's a big one. Yeah. We're gonna talk about suicide. Mm. And we're also gonna talk about media literacy. So wow. this collection, this one collection of uh, standalone talks are like my favorite things. So. so that's some pretty deep topics, yes. like very heavy topics yes. you're going in. 
in and you're giving opportunities for student pastors to start those conversations. Absolutely. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, from the end of this cycle, uh -huh. what's what's the one thing you hope, and I'm gonna say Another one thing. Another one thing. What's the oh, one thing you hope a high schooler experiences or maybe takes yeah. away from this season? For sure, okay, I really can do one thing on this. I, I think the one thing, the one win is if teenagers, high schoolers were, were leaving these experiences this year, being able to say like, I was consistently challenged and encouraged to yeah. wrestle with my faith wow. in a way that didn't say that I had to ignore what was happening in the world or in my community or in my family even. Like I was encouraged to have those conversations so that I can now have my own authentic faith. That's the one thing that we really want. Wow, that's so good. I would love yeah. if all the teenagers had that space and that yes. permission to wrestle a little yes. bit and ask those questions. Yeah. Leslie, killing it, thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks, well, Dave. there you go, folks. This is the inside of the Orange Curriculum Bunker where all the magic happened. I hope this was insightful for you. I hope it was helpful for you. We've learned a little bit about what's going on in the next scope and cycle and where you're gonna be heading as part of your Orange Curriculum. So thanks so much for joining us in here. Hope you got to see a little bit of the sense of the creativity, the time and the effort that goes into all of this as well, because it's super important to everything that we do. I'll see you very, very soon. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. And if you enjoyed it, we would love for you to leave us a review on Apple Podcast. Your reviews, they mean a lot to us. And here's one that we absolutely love. They said, I'm a bivocational youth pastor and I always get a lot of good advice and knowledge and just some great stuff from the leaders that y'all interview. Thanks so much for the review. And if you wanna learn more about Orange Curriculum or wanna join thousands of churches who've partnered with the Orange Strategy to help kids develop a lasting faith, you can try Orange Curriculum for free today at free.thinkorange.com. Okay, we'll see you next time on the Think Orange Podcast.